0: all right we are back for season two and i am absolutely extremely excited because we have a special extra bonus today tried to get my first guest on for a time tomorrow and it turns out now that they've moved to spain the time doesn't work for us but as things work out with all the technology we have got it checked in today like we jump on today and we're like let's make this was it? they just make things work. And I really, as we kick off season two, can't thank Swivel and Bulb enough for their continued support as we move forward and continue to bring individuals together and build our strong communities. And this is kind of where I met our first two guests at an event and, and actually over some, some nachos down in Miami. And, and it was great to really get a chance to see their growth. And now to see their new adventure, I said, we got to bring you on and share what you're doing next so without further ado as they are known as the e-twins but i wanted to bring mario and alberto on all the way from spain it's amazing that my first guests are from spain and tomorrow's guest is from australia so uh that's pretty exciting so guys welcome in
1: thank you so much you have a pretty international uh program like a international yeah.
0: podcast <laughs> unintentional that that just shows how the stronger together mindset works where you create connections and friendships and you can stay connected and learn from each other from wherever you are
2: thanks to technology right you were talking about it and like this just happened today kind of like do you want to do it now okay let's jump now and and do it you know it was it was it was great so thank you for the invite to be here we are super excited
0: to to be here with you yeah awesome so you're saying here with me where are you because last so, I knew you were in Utah teaching elementary school and now you're like, yeah, the time doesn't work. We're not in Mount. <laughs> so for those individuals who are like, where did the E-Twins go? Uh, where'd you go? So um,
1: to give you know the audience a little background, like uh, we were teachers in Utah, fifth and sixth grade uh, at a um, Spanish immersion school. So we taught everything pretty much in Spanish. And then uh, we started our own consulting company like three years ago. And then the consulting side grew up so much that we ended up having two full-time jobs. So we were like, okay, we need to decide. We cannot have, we cannot work like 12, 14 hours per day. You it know, was not sustainable. way too much. It was way too much. Even for my mental health, I was just like,
2: I remember one day that I, I told Mario, like, we need to stop. We need to make a decision right here, one or the other, because I cannot do both
1: anymore. You know? Because so, well, that's a good thing it.
0: to have in this business where you're getting like you're turning things down, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the like, I mean, it's a good symptom, it's a good thing. Uh, but we were like, okay, we need to decide one. So we decided to go full time consultant and we can do it online. So, like, I mean, we're going to be traveling to U.S. like quite a lot, but we can do it online. So we were like, now that we can work online, what about if we go back home and we are close to our family? Uh, So that's how we decided to move back to Spain to just keep working with all of our clients and everyone in in USA and then expand to Europe and Middle East and all of that area.
0: So... You know, one of the things I've I've learned in in this kind of lane of of the profession, and meeting both of you, of course, but meeting many individuals who go to events, and then I see individuals online who just say, "Hey, I'm a consultant. I'm a speaker. I'm a this. I'm a that," and they don't say what they do, and it it, it does frustrate me because when I see real individuals like like yourselves, like you know, mutual friends like Jenny. Long and, and Slee and Eureka and Anne and, and, and from Flipgrid, they're doing the work. So one of the things I always ask, like you just moved into this lane, what could individuals reach out to you for? What are some of the services that you will do for individuals to support them?
2: So we are focused on techn- technology in the classroom, digital transformation, but we uh, are focusing on technology in a different way that many people do. And we always say that uh, what makes us different is like, we use technology to create meaningful learning experiences. So for example, uh, during COVID, the COVID pandemic, a lot of people were focusing on the top 10 tools to do whatever, right, or the right. top, top, top 10 features on Microsoft Teams, top 10, top 10 features on whatever, you know? Um, but we were focusing on how to create a meaningful learning environment where you can engage, uh, the learners, you know, using those tools. So our focus is not the tool is how to use the tool to engage, empower those learners. So that's, that's what makes us different. Like we
1: think that our focus on pedagogy over the, over the tool. And I would say that we also focus on pretty much everything that you can think of, a student-centered approach. So having the student creating instead of teacher, like you can think of like many, many different approaches from, I don't know, creating a podcast, filmmaking, or something like social and emotional learning, which is also a student-centered approach. So whatever, like... You can think of a student creating a student engage engage on just learning and creation and all of that is like when what we we really really focus
2: and being more specific specific on the services we offer we offer from coaching to teachers to whole a uh, digital transformation of uh, schools of institutions like from the teacher which is the small part the kind of like more like micromanaging part to more the macro which is like full digital transformation of a schools, culture change of, of schools and institutions.
0: Yeah. And I think what's always impressed me about your work is you take that teacher lens. You say this is, you don't just come and say, do this. You show some of the, the work. And I know you, I've had you on different things that, that we've done. And it's always impressed me now. So when you do this work in this this consulting and alberto talked a little bit about coaching are you also going to be providing that long-term coaching not just the drop in and here do it like this and then fly to the next country but really working with teachers and as a principal as a former principal i've always liked the consultants and coaches and, and learning advocates that you are to stay and have that long relationship is that something that you're looking to dive into
1: yeah we always say like an um... That's a common mistake. Like, and uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, like, many, many times. Those professional developments or, like, those trainings that it is, like, a one-hour training or even, like, full-day yeah. trainings. If that doesn't have any follow-up, it's not going to work. You know, like, uh, we uh, we are, I mean, we are even just getting into the classroom with the teacher, right? Just, like, getting into the classroom and teaching, like, a, a sample co-teaching. lesson. Or, like, we do a lot of co-teaching with teachers. We co-teaching. do a lot of, like co-teaching like okay this is how you need to do it or like if you don't want to do it this way let's find out another way and then we sit down with them even with uh, from the planning um, stage well okay let's plan this how are you going to plan your lesson this is your lesson from last year how we can make this student centered approach or how can we change this to incorporate tools and make it more meaningful so from that stage all the way to just you know like uh, uh, just teach the lesson
0: awesome and, and one of the other things that I, that I was reading, now that you're in Spain, you're also doing a Spanish academy or, or something along those lines. I'd love for you to expand more on that to, to share what, what that work is going to be.
2: Yeah, so we were um, teaching Spanish in the classroom. I mean, we were teaching pretty much every subject, every class, science, math, uh, language arts, all in Spanish because we were um, working in a Spanish Uh, immersion school so we pretty much we're going to continue doing what we used to do in the classroom but in our own institution so we we've been working in this academy for years this idea of okay like the way languages are taught is not the right way to teach languages we we had this idea for years and like a couple years ago we said okay, why not we create our own institution where where we can teach the way we believe is the best way. We can use the materials we really believe uh, they are the best for students. So we decided to do that and we launched the academy a couple of months ago. Um, So we are starting that new area of our uh, business of e Twins Education. We have the consulting part and also we have the academy part, which is going to, we're super excited for that.
0: So, if in, individuals now, if you're um, watching live or on the recording, the website's down below. Can they find all this information on the website? Like, where's the best way to find all of that that you're doing? Uh, so, we have
1: two websites. The first one is eTwins.com, and you can find all of the information about consulting and all of that uh, over there. And then uh, we have the eTwins Academy, you know, uh, dot com. That is just only the Academy, but if you access itwins.com, there's like a, um, a little section that it will take you to the Academy. So like if you access that website that it's over there, you can just access to the Academy. If you want to learn Spanish, if you're an individual or even we're planning on working with institutions, let's say that there's a school in Massachusetts, for example, yeah. right? And they can't find a native Spanish speaker uh, to teach Spanish, you know? So we want to partner up with those schools with those institutions to offer Spanish online, uh, you know, like uh, with our academy. Because sometimes it is very, very hard to find native speakers to teach the language. So like uh, if you can can do it online, um, if you can do it online, so um, it's great because we offer not only just Spanish classes, but we are going to offer like visits to museums or like even cooking classes, you know, like that cultural piece that sometimes it's missing in in when we are teaching languages it's super important for us as well
2: so we are working with individuals and institutions as mario was saying that are interested in externalize the language department through us so those are the main focus that we are we are having right now
0: awesome and you said to visit the the twins website and then i put the academy website mm-hmm. down there as well and they can contact you Um, directly through that site. I'm guessing somewhere on there, there's a form and they can get in touch with you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Awesome.
0: So now one of the things I've also been impressed at the work that you've done is that you, again, not just focus on the tool, as as you said, but you focus on the student-centered approach. And as a principal and someone now as a district leader who's really trying to bring in that creative sense, what would you share to teachers who are starting the school year, at least here in, in New England, where I'm from, we're going to be starting in a couple of weeks. What's student-centered approach mean to you? And what would you like to tell them to do for this student-centered approach?
2: I think the the biggest part uh, or the biggest fear that we see in teachers is that uh, when they need to lose the control of the classroom, right? So when uh, when we talk about a student-centered approach, we are putting the focus on the student. The student is the one who needs to drive their own learning and the teacher needs to lose that power, to put that power on the
1: student. And that step is the hardest for teachers.
0: Because it's not just address.
1: like a lesson, is like a change of mindset. It's what Alberto was saying. Instead of just doing a lecture, you know, that a, like teacher is talking for 45 minutes, there are like many, many different ways and many approaches where the teacher doesn't need to talk for 45 minutes and then give a paper and the students just fill out that paper or answer the questions. You know, like you can just transform that lesson into something meaningful that the student is the one who is working. You know, like uh, not just sitting in their desk listening at what the teacher needs to say. Like, we need to change that. And like, it's the student who needs to be doing the work, not the teacher. So pretty much what we always
2: say that uh, in the more like traditional approach, the teacher is the source of learning. The learning comes from the teacher. In this new approach of a student-centered approach, the teacher is the facilitator who helps the student to find that knowledge, to develop those skills that will be really useful in the future.
0: No, and I think that's that's critical in, in, in this process. One of the things I'm doing, I'm actually in, in in the process of writing an, another book in collaboration around disrupting the status quo, and, and and this is talking about that changing, that mindset, changing that approach. And I just finished a section on building teacher confidence. So I'd love to get your input because this we talk about it, and I've seen you you know speak on it, and I'm sure within your classrooms you're comfortable doing that. But what about if someone's not comfortable? Um, with that approach, what would what would your advice be to them to, to start to turn over some of that autonomy to the students?
1: Um, I would start with uh, baby steps always in everything you do is start small. If because mm-hmm. like sometimes you go to a conference or to a training and you see something that it's amazing and you are like, wow, like, wow, I <laughs> want to do that in my class. Right. Like I want to do that lesson but for that teacher for that facilitator to get to that point probably like uh, that person started small and made a lot of different mistakes so my uh tip you know like uh, what i would do if i would start over is to just start small baby steps and don't give up you we always say that probably 95%. The first lesson you try, it's going to be a disaster. Like probably nothing is going to work. Probably your students are not going to follow directions. They are not going to finish. Just count on that because it's just such a change of approach that like students are not used to do that. Like they are not used to think. They are not used to do all of the work. And you as a teacher, you're going to need some time to get used to that. So just start small and just don't give up and just embrace those uh, failures because you're going to fail. It's going to be a disaster at the beginning. But if you persevere and you keep going, it's going to be great.
2: We, when we coach teachers and we work with schools that want to start implementing that uh, new kind of approach, we always work with 10-month roadmap, like 12, 10-month roadmap, because we need to look at the long term. Um, If we start small and we keep increasing how we teach or how we uh, bring these kind of approaches, it's going to be great. So we need to start small, learning from the mistakes and from there, like sit down with the principal, sit down with the, the coach that is helping you and go over the lesson that you just did, you know, or just deliver and then go to the next step. Okay. Today, we're going to implement this. And then the next couple of months, okay, I need to do this. So start small. And if you can have a roadmap to do that, that will help you a lot to know next steps and how you can learn from those mistakes that you made that 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 month or during that period of time.
0: Awesome. Now, one of the things that really caught my eye in the last few weeks is I have a uh, I'm really connected with future of education technology event. I've been on, been there multiple times, was honored to be one of the, of the feature speakers and we the met path. there actually, we actually met there. Yeah. So, um, so now I saw your faces on there. So mm-hmm. you're going to be one of the two, well, two of the featured speakers, which is phenomenal. It's a great choice, by the way. What can individuals expect? When you come back to actually it's not in Florida this year, it's in New Orleans. When they go to New Orleans and see the two of you in your sessions or whatever you're gonna be chatting about, what are they what are they gonna expect?
2: We they can expect uh what we always say. Like uh we uh deliver all of our sessions based on our experiences and based on other uh teachers experiences so we show like a real world examples we show like a student's testimony in our sessions we want to bring to the teacher the reality of the classroom is one of our like main focus when we deliver a session we want to bring that teacher the reality like tell the teacher the mistakes we made the mistakes we learned from other teachers all those things in that way they can go and uh, apply all they learn in our classes. So that's I think what makes us different like we bring that reality of the classroom to the session telling the good things and the bad things about the approach we are talking about if we are if we are talking about PBL which we are, uh, next January, or if we are talking about social and emotional learning, if we are talking about cultural transformation in the, in the school, in the institution, we always bring, like, share the good things and the bad things and all the mistakes we made, all the mixes we saw that people uh, making, and also a students' testimony and teachers' testimony, which, are, which for us,
1: they are huge. Uh, like this year is a little bit uh, special, our sessions because um, we are featured speakers with Jenny, Sally, and then with uh, Scott Bricker as well. The five of us, and we have designed our um, our sessions. The five of us we've worked together in a way that if attendees go to all of our sessions or to or to some of our sessions, they are gonna see like they are connected. So like uh, the five of us, we're gonna present. Um, We'll, I, I cannot we cannot say much, but like it's not gonna be the first uh, conference that we're gonna be featured speakers the five of us. So like uh, we have designed uh, the learning experience in a way that the sessions that we are going to deliver that uh, we're gonna present uh, in in um, you know in this in these conferences. Uh, they are connected to each other so if you go to a scott session you're gonna see something related to our session if you go to jenny and Sally's sessions you're gonna see something that we've talked about in our own session so like we have designed all the whole learning experience in a way that is like a continuous learning throughout the the, the conference
0: now, that that's awesome speaking of the future of educational technology one of the future kind of instructional practices around digital transformation so you are entering in this realm, you've left the classroom, and now you're going to be coaching individuals to, to make this transformation. Can you kind of dig a little deeper onto that and explain your thought process around this field and what digital transformation is? Go ahead, Mario.
1: So, yeah, um, so I think the most important part is uh, not putting the tool in the middle of the approach like digital transformation means like you are transforming your, uh, your approach, you are transforming your practice uh, using technology. But like you are using that technology to enhance whatever you are already doing in your class. It doesn't mean that if you go, for example, to uh, a training and you learn about, I don't know, um, whatever tool I'm going to give, an, whatever example, Edpuzzle, for example, you know, like you learn about that. And then you come back to your classroom, and you are thinking, "Hmm, I wa- I really want to use Edpuzzle, Adobe uh, Express, uh, OneNote, Teams, Google Classroom. I mean, whatever tool. It's just an example. I want to use this tool in my approach. How can I create a lesson around that tool? And that is completely wrong. Like that's the opposite of what we want to do. It should be the opposite. I have this amazing lesson that I've been doing the last two three years. Okay." If I look at my uh, uh, at all of the tools that I know how to use, which ones of these many tools, like five, six tools, I can use to empower the lesson that I have already created? So pretty much, uh, when (laughs) you do that, is when like you're gonna see a great (laughs) result.
2: When we talk to teachers about this, we always ask them: you need to. We always tell them: you need to ask yourself this tool or this technology is uh, allowing me to do something completely impossible without the tool? If the answer is yes, go ahead and use the tool. If the answer is no, this tool is not giving me anything new. It's pretty much the same thing. Don't use it because it's not worth it. It's not meaningful for students. So when we talk about digital transformation, we always talk about culture, school culture and classroom culture. It's not just about the tool, it's about how the tool, this technology allows us to reach to different points that we couldn't do it without the technology.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's great to, to, to really break it down that way and, and give, you know, what I heard there, giving teachers the freedom to be like, this is not what we're doing. And one of the things I, I often share is if you have to start or if you plan your lesson with what am I going to do with X today as the tool? Nope, that's not how you approach it. And you said one of the in your intro that you focus on the instruction, the pedagogy. Like I think that that's critical. So uh, I'm so excited for for your journey and, and continue to see you grow in this field and make an, a global impact. And and I think really as I you know I always get excited when I bring on people that I've had a chance to see early and then see them grow, which is, which is awesome. And really, FETC is close to my heart. That's where the first you know power connections came of keeping our connections together and then stronger together. That, now you have them, let's let's stay together. So I always end um, asking our guests, so we're gonna get two answers, so individually. What does stronger together mean to the to you?
2: To me, it means this. Um, like the possibility to reach to other people, the possibility to sit down here with you and talk about what we love the most, education. Um, like to sit down here virtually, or sit down in uh, Miami over some nachos and talk <laughs> about education, talk about uh, like, what we love the most, you know, like having that people that you know that they are there to listen at your ideas, also to learn from them. It's like, it's impossible to, to, to calculate the value of that. It's just like, it's crazy to have that those that community those people that are there for you to listen at your ideas to make those ideas better and to make you better every day. And having that community is just just huge and something that we always recommend to teachers. Like you need to find your community, find those people that will support you, and no matter what, you know. So to me, um, means this, these connections, these like virtually face to face having that connection with people
1: and for me it's um i don't know how to explain it very well but like, <laughs> like right. educators mm-hmm. educators are like we're like we've been struggling a lot in the past like two three years and like uh, we're gonna keep struggling like we're gonna keep it's it's something that we need to deal with like every day in our classroom like we have problems and we have just you know like a. Can be from parents, from administration, for even like a, a pandemic. Like there are like many many problems, or even like a, we want to be better at what we do and like uh, uh, you know, and then keep growing. So that is better together. Like it's like a your PLN. It's the group of people that it doesn't matter where they are, if they are here in Spain with us, if they were in Utah with us, or they are in the other side of the world. Like if you have a problem um, about. I don't know, like a pedagogy problem or a lesson problem, or even like you are having problems with administration or parents or whatever, you know that those people are always going to be there for you. And like, let's say that you want to just bring something super cool in your classroom that you've seen another teacher do it. You know, like you can go to that teacher and ask that teacher, hey, I've seen you doing this. Like, tell me, like, how do you do it? You know, like, uh, let's share ideas. I want to get inspired. So that is better together. Like, it doesn't matter what happens, where you are, who you are, that you're like, people are going to have your back, you know,
0: in whatever you do. And that's better together for me. That's awesome. Well, I am so thrilled to to have you jump on unexpectedly. So this worked out, which is great. <laughs> um, I'm thrilled for for your journey and continue to follow what you're doing. As we've said throughout, make sure to follow them, check out their website, and see them. On one of the things on their website is their upcoming events. So make sure to to see them. And I look mm-hmm. you know forward to seeing you in person again, probably um, in New Orleans, but who knows? Maybe maybe one time before then. So guys, thanks for thanks for jumping on and kicking off. Season two.
2: Thank you so much. And uh, uh, thank you for, for everything you do, for teachers, for, for everyone. Um, we are really grateful for, for, for your support and your, your guidance sometimes. So thank <laughs> you.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, stick around for a minute after this, but I hope everyone has a great day. Make sure you continue to work together because we are stronger together when we put we over me.